the project. Kuwait. Learn. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of The Project. And in today's episode, I'm sitting down with Jonathan Mills, creator of Rehab Revolution. The guy like dropped some serious knowledge bombs in this episode. I mean, if you are an aspiring trainer or an aspiring online coach or want to learn more about the fitness industry, listen to what this guy has to say. He also points out some of the pitfalls that we might fall into while looking into, I'd say, educational certifications. He completely changed my mind when I looked at accrediting bodies. We get into a little bit of a debate midway through it. And again, it's such a good episode for everybody, new and old trainers. Give it a listen. And again, if you have any questions, DM us or shoot us an email. All this and more in today's episode. Hey guys, welcome to this edition of the Project Kuwait. And in today's episode, I'm joined by Jonathan Mills. He is a educational expert in training, I would say. I mean, you offer a vast variety of training certifications in Kuwait, in Dubai, probably all over the GCC. I think I got one of my first certifications with you a couple of years ago here in Kuwait. So Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So Jonathan, I mean, just to give a little background to some of the listeners, when I approached you at first, my questions were all about accreditation and accredited bodies. And you're kind of like, dude, stop. Wait a minute. That's not what it's always about. So you want to talk about that first? Let's just jump right into it, man. Yeah, sure. Just jump straight into the accreditation and non-accreditation courses. Yeah, so it's kind of a big talking points, especially what I found like in the Middle East, so many trainers are just searching for courses internationally accredited, got stamps here and there, got points here and there. And the funny thing is, is when you ask them kind of what they want it for, where they're going, they go, oh, I'm not going anywhere. Okay, why is it so important then? And with accredited courses, it's one of those things where a lot of them, like take your level two and level three, for example, a lot of those that are currently being taught, the content is so old school that it's just not as relevant in the kind of current world for current fitness professionals or people looking to get into the industry. It just really doesn't prepare them to be a fitness professional in the current model of the world that we live in. And it's not to say that they're wrong to do. Like 20 years ago, they had their place. But now with <laughs> the internet as it is, literally you can get all the information you need for free. All you got to do is just know where to look and just bring it all together. And like some big commercial chains of gyms, they obviously require you to have accredited based courses as part of their requirement to work for them, which is fair enough. So that's why a lot of trainers do them. But if you're in that position where you don't need to have that, it kind of opens you up for more opportunity of for education and learning. Like I know a lot of non-accredited courses that have amazing content and amazing education, but they're just not recognized by anyone as per se. So reps don't recognize them, they're not internationally recognized, but the content is amazing. Whereas I know accredited courses that are, well, leave a little to be desired, should we say. It's like, yeah, it's just basically information you can just Google and spend a few hours learning. So it's not to say that accredited courses are bad or non-accredited courses are good or vice versa. It's personal preference. And like for me, I've got hundreds of certificates. A lot of the information I can't even remember anymore. And the thing is, it's what you do with that information is the knowledge that you're learning. Is it, are you learning it because you're passionate about it? Is it, are you learning it because it's going to help you serve your clients better? 
or are you learning it to get that piece of paper with that stamp on it? And that's kind of the, the message I tend to hear a lot at the moment, especially in the Middle East, is trainers are looking for courses with CPD points, with these points, with that stamp, with this stamp. And I think if that's kind of why you're doing a course, it's pretty much not the right reason to do one. It's one of those things, if what you want to learn really excites you to learn more about it and as much as you can about it, and it's going to help you not only improve your own abilities as a trainer, as a fitness professional, but also help you to serve your clients better, that's when you say, yeah, that's the course I want to do. That's the education I want to learn. But if you're doing it for just some piece of paper and some points, then I would rethink where you invest your money in and your time as well. That makes sense from your perspective. I can see totally from where you're coming from. At the same time, like I look at it in a different way based on, I'd say these dummy courses that have been popping up recently around Kuwait and through Saudi Arabia and parts of Qatar also, where these guys are just creating courses out of their own gym or their own box. And they're saying, hey, this is our course. It costs about $1,000. And because I called just out of curiosity, I got an ad and I was like, okay, well, let me see this guy. Let me see what the course is all about. I want to see what legitimacy it has to it. And they're like, no, it's just signed by our head trainer. I'm like, but who is your head trainer? What was he accredited by? What's his background? Just as a coach for 15 years, yeah, some of the best coaches and some of the best trainers out there have zero certificates. You know what I mean? It's kind of like with teachers and professionals in different industries. For instance, take Richard Bronson. The guy dropped out of high school or dropped out of college, and he's the richest man in the world. But at the same time, especially in this part of the world, that accreditation or that legitimacy needs to be recognized so you don't have the posers coming out, so to speak. So what do you think about that side of the argument? Definitely. I said, whatever industry you're in, you're always going to get those so-called posers that are going to come in and create their own stuff and market it as the best thing ever. It comes down to the individual to, it's their responsibility to kind of check before they jump in and start kind of paying money and spending or investing their time into learning. Just because it looks great and the marketing is amazing, you need to look into a bit further, look at the credibility of the people running it, of the people teaching it. Do they have a background in what they're teaching? Um, have they taught before? Do they have, like you say, that credibility to back them up? And some do, some don't. But again, it comes down the same with some of the accredited courses I've seen run. It's like the content is industry standard. Doesn't mean that standard is like extremely high quality. It just means it meets basic industry standard. And how it gets taught is going to be different person to person. Like you can teach the same course with five different people and you're going to get five completely different outcomes in terms of the experience you get, how learners take in the information. They could do an accredited course with one person and they'll come out feeling, oh my God, this is like the best course ever. Or they could come out with, from the same course with someone else and think that was a complete waste of time and money. And that's where accreditation does have its place. But I'm not a huge fan of accreditation per se in terms of placing a huge importance on it. Because like I said, there are amazing non-accredited courses. But the only way you're going to know which ones are good and not good is by doing your research. Um, just by looking at a flyer and saying, oh, we're going to cover this, this and this. And you're going, oh, actually, that's what I want to learn. And then you go, okay, I'm going to pay my money, pay my time. You need to look into it a bit further like you did. But you call them up, ask some questions. Uh, and that's why I say to all of my students, I say, don't, even, even when I'm teaching them, I say, don't take what 
I say, as gospel as I set in stone, because in this industry, things change so quickly. You literally question everything you hear. Even if someone has been in the industry for 20, I've been in the industry for 18 years this year, but I still learn from people who are coming fresh into the industry, as well as people who've been here for a long time. And just because I've been here a long time doesn't mean I know everything. And whatever someone tells you, question it. I said, if they can't give you a purpose or a reason behind what they're telling you, and they're just saying, it's because this is the way to do it, or this is how I was taught, then it's not really the information you want to be paying attention to. So it's one of those things where everything is very subjective. Everything is very individualized. And whatever course you go on to, that's what they should be teaching is, okay, this is a set of tools. This is information that will help you build your skills. But until you get in front of a live person, you have no idea what's going to work and how they're going to respond to what you're learning. So the only way to know is by trying, see what happens and adapt and adjust by saying that, oh, this is like the best exercise to learn for muscle building or fat loss. Go away and do this class and you don't question it and just do it. That's just ignorance. It's like that's just taking someone's word without actually learning more about it or researching and questioning it. And like I say, this stuff I used to teach like 16, 17 years ago, I look back now and I cringe <laughs> on what I used to teach. I go, oh my God, I can't believe I told people that. And that's what I believed at the time is because I was in that same mindset of I've done my level three, I've done a few courses, I know a lot. So I don't really need to keep upskilling myself. I think I know what I need to know. People just need to do what I tell them pretty much. <laughs> and like looking back now, it's like, oh, I can't believe I did that. Now, I literally question everything. Even when I teach, I tell people to question me. I say, question me. If something you're in, like you're not sure of or you don't agree with, question it. Let's debate it. Let's go through it. There's no right or wrong. And that's the thing. Everything's going to be individualized to the individual. So what I say works for me or my client doesn't mean it's going to work for you or your client. I, I can teach you the tools. Your job is, is to use them and adapt based on the results you get. That's awesome. And now, so what are some of the checkboxes besides calling and asking about the program that someone could look at in terms of maybe the material that's being presented? What boxes can a novice trainer, someone that's new into the field, say, okay, well, I called. They said, this is all right. They said, this trainer has so-and-so background. What else could they look at in terms of material? If the training provider or the course provider obviously provides like kind of some of the content of the course, obviously not all of it, but at least gives an overview of what's going to happen. Even I like to speak to some of the students who've been on the course in the past. I thought that's one of the best ways to kind of get a feeling for what goes on in the course and what you're likely to learn is speak to a few different types of students who've gone on it in the past. Like for me, if anyone asks me what it's like and they want to know firsthand experience, I'll pass them on uh, details of students who I know that have already said that's okay for people to contact them, speak to them about it, because then they get a first hand speak to someone who's actually been there trying to sell the course. So they get that actual feedback from a live person who's been there, done it, paid for it, spent the time to do it. I think that's it's a bit of a long process to do that, but I think it's quite a good process to do. If they, if they say, no, you can't speak to any of our students, or we can't give you any of this information, that's a bit of a red flag to say that, like, okay, what are you hiding? Is that why? <laughs> like for me as a student, if I went on a course and someone said, do you mind if the student wants to join the course, but they don't really know much about it, can you speak to them and tell them your experience? And I go, yeah, definitely. Like, no one should really have a problem with that. If they do, then for me, that's a red flag saying, oh, why wouldn't you want to talk about it? Why wouldn't you want your students to talk about it? All good courses, all good training providers will have testimonials, whether it be written or video. They'll have some people on the course who'll be up for talking about it, sharing their experience. 
even at some points, like I've I've had students who have been on a couple of related courses from other providers in the past, whether it's online or face-to-face, and haven't had a great experience, but they still want to learn more about it and they're just wary about paying. So I'll offer them, this is obviously case-by-case scenario, I'll offer them and say, look, come on the course. If at the end that you don't learn anything, or if you think it's not hasn't been worthwhile, don't pay for it. Wow, I like it. A man that puts his money <laughs> where his mouth is. Yeah, but that's the thing. Obviously, you've got to really trust. You've got to you put the trust in the other person. So, and again, like since we from someone who's been on again multiple courses before, come on, pretty much learned the same information they learned on others. And I thought, okay, fair enough. You didn't learn what you wanted to on ours, or what didn't meet your expectations. So here's your money back. And that's kind of the thing. It's no training provider should be scared of doing that because. I believe in what we deliver. I believe in what we do. And we've had great feedback. Yeah, we've had constructive feedback. We've had great feedback. And it's all helped us improve our courses. But if someone just really wants to sign up with you, but they're really apprehensive because of bad experience, then give them an option where they can try it before they buy it type of thing. Because 99% of the time, people will be honest about it and then they will pay you. Yeah, you might get that 1% who tries to stick away with it. But in the grand scheme of things, it's not a big loss. (laughs) So it's not like 99% of people are doing it. You, know, you might have that odd 1% that do it like every once in a blue moon. Uh, I'm willing to take that risk if it means that this person is going to get a good experience and learn what they want to learn. That makes total sense, man. It just brings me back to the course that I took with you several years ago. And one of the things that really stuck with me that I haven't seen trainers do much of here is the functional movement test, some type of a functional assessment before programming for an actual client. It's funny because there are so many trainers when I see them take on a new client, you don't see them do that. And you know they'll use the mundane excuse of, oh no, it's all right. I'm assessing them through the first PT, so to speak. And in my mind, I'm like, that's a load of shit. <laughs> you know, or, you know, they have, their, tra- <laughs> yeah, they have their trainer on the treadmill for the first 15 minutes in the first PT. And it's like, dude, you could have them doing a functional movement test to assess if they can even squat, do a hip hinge, the normal movements that you took us through a couple of years ago. And it just, it really stuck with me. And I don't say you have to do the functional movement the way you taught it, but some type of assessment needs to be done. So what's your overall impression on some of the trainers, I would say, and I'm not just going to call it the trainers in Kuwait, but I'll also call it other trainers in the GCC. What's your overall impression? Because the trainers in Dubai, I was there a week ago and I went to different gyms and it was almost a level up, so to speak, with some trainers. We have really good trainers in Kuwait, but in Dubai, like it was like it was jumping into a pool full of sharks versus being the big fish in the pond, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like I say, I used to be one of those trainers. Um, I did no movement assessment. I did no assessment. My thing was to basically just like military style is beast them into the ground, make sure they leave the gym crawling on their hands and knees, sweating. And then you smile and go, yep, I had a good workout. <laughs> and now like, again, looking back at that, what the hell was I thinking? It's like, seriously, that was like so old school thinking. But that's how I was taught. And that's how everyone around me done it. So that's, for me, that was right at the time. But now I know better. Like, and ever since implementing movement testing in um, with clients many years ago, like the experience that they receive and like the results they get is on a different level. And like I said, whether you do functional movement screening or any type, it doesn't matter what you do, just do t- some type of movement screening. Like I don't use the functional movement screening anymore just because it was too long for me. So just with the rehab course that we run, we've kind of created a new rehab movement that's a bit that's shorter and quicker to do, but still kind of implements kind of all areas of the body in terms of movement. And that is just so important. Like if you don't know how 
someone moves, you don't know how your client moves. How can you program for them? Like, how do you know what is right and wrong for them? And that's the thing. There's no right or wrong exercise. There's is right or wrong for an individual. One exercise might be good for someone, but the same exercise might be completely wrong for someone else at that time in their training. doesn't mean they can never do it. It just means they're not prepared or ready for it yet. So that's where that movement assessment comes in. And like you said, unfortunately, there are a lot of trainers who don't do that. They're still stuck in that old school mindset of everything's got to be sweat, 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 physical, physical. Got to train them. Got to make them work hard because I need them to renew with me. I need them to pay me. I've got to hit my numbers, all this stuff. And it just becomes very frustrating, especially before when I used to teach the strength conditioning therapy course, going into clubs and knowing people who've done it and then see them use none of it. Like less than 20% of the people going through that course were actually using the testing, using any of the information they learned. And that was, it's good that someone's using it, but I had that small of a percentage. It's very like depressing to think that, that clients are paying a lot of money for a service that they're not getting. And I know, obviously, it's certain, but especially in the Middle East, it's very different from the rest of the world when it comes to personal training. You can be your client's best friend, train them hard, and they'll be happy and pay you all day long. But the problem is, is they go through the same cycle of they get some results, get to a point where something happens, they leave, and they go back again. They end up stepping back. So it's just a vicious cycle. They keep going round and around and around. And the whole point of assessing from the beginning, getting someone to understand their body, how they move for longevity and longer-term results if they do leave you or you leave them, they should be able to continue doing what they're doing. They shouldn't need you looking over the shoulder, changing their program, changing their diet, whatever it is. They should be able to do everything themselves. And that's what's not happening. And so I think if all trainers just implement a basic testing process into their... Obviously, it's a bit different implementing a testing process, but then knowing how to take the results from that test and program for them. And that's kind of the difference as well. You could do a test and go, okay, great. This is how you move. This is what's not working. Okay, let's go on and carry on with our normal training session. It's like, what do you do with those results? So it's a two-pronged kind of attack there. Really. It's, like, it's, just, it's adding in the testing sequence, but then knowing what to do with the results from that is knowing how to program effectively for that individual. How to make a tailor-made program that is going to help benefit them, get them the result they want in the safest manner possible. while improving any areas of mobility, stability, pain, whatever the issues are. So I'm just, I do see more and more trainers starting to do it, especially when they go on courses like Rehab Trainer or SETC or obviously Rehab Movements. But there's just, there's a lot of trainers out there compared to the percentages that are actually using it. It'd just be great to see more trainers start implementing a testing procedure and not think of it as a waste of time or taking time into the session. It's an investment. It's like, it's a necessity. It's something that should happen with every single client from day one. Yeah, no, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it's either trainers just don't know or they're just lazy. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you get a lot yeah. of trainers that are lazy. They get their one certification. It's like, all right, that's it. I'm done. I'm just going to coast and kind of train people. And unfortunately, that's just kind of a, it's also a vicious cycle that you see within the industry itself, that and mixed up information. Now, switching gears a little bit, you had mentioned to me you're starting a new business with your wife, Rehab Revolution. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and kind of tell people what's going on with that? Yeah. So currently at the moment, I run the fitness education side of the business, which is Rehab Revolution. So we run the rehab courses, uh, nutrition, lipid lifting, recently added in the Mindset Mastery for fitness professionals. My wife deals with the kind of mindset coaching side, the psychology side of it. And what we're doing is we're bringing both those elements together. So we're looking to launch in the years called the Wellness Theory. And the purpose of it is to integrate 
the four bodies that are basically needed to basically help people reach their true potential and create long-lasting results. So there's obviously the physical body, the spiritual body, mental body, and emotional bodies. Most of us tend to work on the physical body. We train, we eat, we massage, whatever. Anything that is focused on trying to look better from the outside, and whether that's by eating or training. But the problem comes is when you haven't got the other three bodies in check as well. So your emotional states, your mental states, and your spiritual states, when those four are not in a line and going in the same direction, well, you get what we currently have. We have over 80% of people who end up regressing on their results or even worse from what they've gained. And this is the problem that we face. You could be the best coach in the world. You could provide the best assessments, the best training, the best nutrition, but if that person's mindset is not correct, they're not in that right state, it's not going to last. They're going to end up going around, like we said before, in that vicious cycle again. They're going to be a one trainer, get good results. Something's going to happen. They're going to leave. The trainer's going to leave. They stop doing, uh, they stop training. They stop eating for a while. Then they get to a point where they've put all that weight back on and gone backwards to where they want to be and then end up seeking the help of another trainer and go through the same process again. And it's just a never-ending cycle. And the whole point is to break that cycle. And that's why we kind of created wellness theory. It's to integrate those four bodies. And it's obviously through online education and online coaching to help people see that it's more about just training and eating. It's about training, eating, breathing, your mental health, your spiritual health, your emotional health, all that tied together is what creates a balanced, well, outstanding human being pretty much. And, and that's what we want to do is help people unlock their true potential by focusing on those four bodies. 100%. And I mean, we talk about it a lot on this show that you have to take care of the whole body. One of them is, I mean, we had an episode with Reese Dunn and it was all about trying to get into a state of flow. So we dive into things like that. Breathing. Reese was, he came in as a breathing expert. We ended up doing a whole episode just on flow because that's just where the conversation took us. And Meg, I wish she was on the show because she's all about the breathing, the gut health, and she's kind of like our stress terminator at the same time. So it would have been awesome, but she couldn't make this show today. But I mean, I think that's great. And you brought up a great point that I wanted to ask about too. Right now in Kuwait, we have the whole buzzword of coach. Before it was trainer. Now it's turned into Kuwait coach. I'm coaching you or come take my coaching class. How is it in Dubai? Is it around the same or has that buzzword died already or is it just picking up like it is kind of here? Again, coach is being used more and more across, I think, well, obviously I see it across the Middle East as much, don't know as much in terms of back in the UK or America or, or anywhere like that. But there's a very big difference between a trainer and a coach. And this is what I think fitness professional needs to understand. Like, what do you want to be? Do you want to be a trainer? That's going to last probably two years in the industry. Get fed up because you're burning yourself out by working every hour under the sun to get the money you want to earn. Or do you want to be a coach that educates people? that helps people, that serves people that, to the point where they don't need you anymore. And that's the difference. A trainer is someone who will design a program and take you through that program regardless of what's happening. So you come in and you go, oh, that exercise is causing me pain. I can't do that exercise. Okay, we'll just push that to the side and move on with the rest of the program. Let's just not do that. For okay, a coach would should basically step back and go, okay, why is that happening? Okay, what is happening to you? Like, Why are you feeling that pain? Why are you feeling that discomfort? Why, can you, why can't you do it? So the whole point of a coach is to educate a person, is to educate their clients in everything that they want to gain, whether it's physical, like their body, their nutrition, again, their psychology, their mindset. And to the point when, when they do leave them or when the client leaves them, they are set up to be able to continue 
what they're doing and helping themselves without falling back and going, oh, well, like, what do I do? I've got no one to help me. Uh, that is what a coach should be doing. So a lot of people call themselves coaches, but unless they're actually educating their clients, instead of just training them, they go home, come back again, train them again. That's all the trainer does is train and motivate, train, motivate. That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. But it all goes to shit pretty much when <laughs> it's like when the trainer no longer can train the client or the client leaves or moves or something happens. Like it shouldn't happen. It's like when a manager leaves a business. If the business still runs, it still improves with the manager not there. They've done a good job. If the business falls apart because the manager's not there, they've done a very bad job because yeah, they made the staff reliant on them. And the same as what trainers do. They make their client reliant on them, which they shouldn't do. They need to educate the client to be more independent and take responsibility for what they're doing. And once that starts happening, the shift in the fitness industry in terms of the quality being offered in the service is just going to go through the roof. Well, I mean, with all these different modalities that are coming out, I mean, for instance, I just started in CrossFit as a master's, trying to be a master's athlete, so to speak. And before yeah. my trainer, I would call him my trainer. He rehabbed my right shoulder back from a, a pretty bad labrum tear a couple of years ago. And he was my trainer per se. And then when I became an athlete and I started trying to take CrossFit a little bit more seriously, that's when I started to refer to him as my coach. Now, the only reason why I'm trying to divide this line, so to speak, is because in my opinion, I was a baseball coach for like almost 15 years or more. And if you would confuse me between a trainer and a coach, I'd be like, no, I'm a coach. Because in my opinion, you're teaching a skill that is put onto a playing field. Whereas now I think the line's a little blurry between a trainer and a coach. And I think the coaching aspect has turned into such a buzzword, <laughs> you know, throughout the Middle East. And I mean, I see what you're saying. And, you know, you have everyone coming out saying, oh, I'm a coach, I'm a coach. And my job is to teach people how to do this, to do that. In reality, should the coach be working towards a goal with their client? And if they're not working towards a goal, then are they just pegged as a trainer? What's your opinion on that? Uh, whether you're a trainer or a coach, you should always be working towards a goal with the client. Difference is, is once they reach that goal, what's the next step? Is like, can they then carry on without you? Do they still need you? And like, you see, even a trainer, like, say the difference between a trainer and a coach, teaching a skill. Trainers should be teaching life skills about how to. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's like how to more body awareness in terms of more awareness around your food and what you're taking in and your energy levels and how to balance everything. A trainer is not meant to just teach someone how to lift a weight or perform an exercise. That's not teaching a skill set. Teaching a skill set is helping people understand their body and their mindset in regards to training and nutrition. That's the thing is like you as a baseball coach, is like you're not going to be with those athletes for the rest of their life. So you need to teach them skills that they're able to perform without you. Yeah, 100%. And yep. That's what trainers should be doing as well. But a lot of them don't. They keep the clients so reliant on them that the client just has no idea what to do when they're on their own. And that's where that problem arises. Regardless whether you're a trainer or a coach, then the title is just a title. It means nothing. It's what the person actually does. It's their mindset. Is Are they ego-driven? Are they closed-minded? Are they focused on, I'm the trainer, do I say I know what I'm doing? Or are they a coach or where they can say, okay, it's not working. Obviously, what you're feeling or the way you're feeling shouldn't be happening. So we need to step back, take a look at what's going on, and let's see where we can make changes, make adaptations and improve. Because it's a learning experience, not just for the client, but for the coach as well. And that's the thing. Just because your coach doesn't mean you know everything. Like You're going to come across a lot of people that are going to literally stump you. It's like, what the hell is going on? And that's going to test your skills. The coach to step back and go, okay, what's going on here? Like, I'm not used to this. So what's my solution for this? 
And that's the difference between coaching and training is like coaches are more open. They should be more open-minded. They should be not ego-driven. They should know that they can learn from anyone, regardless whether they're fresh in the industry and know pretty much nothing compared to the most like experienced person in the industry. There is no barrier to learning. And that's what proper coach, that's someone who really knows that they can learn from any situation and find a solution in any problem that arises. A trainer will just find a problem <laughs> in everything that arises. 100%, man. I mean, I think you nipped it right in the butt when you talked about skill sets. Like, that's what people should really look for is someone teaching them a skill set. Now, I mean, looking at the industry and especially the online coaching industry, you guys are going to have an online business and everything. And online has been booming. So how can you tell nowadays the good online coaches or trainers or facilities versus the bad ones? Can you offer any insight from that perspective or... Is it still kind of like tough? Like when you're looking at like a website to buy something off of and you look at all the reviews and it's kind of like you see 20 reviews and you're like, oh, okay, this looks legitimate. And then you buy something, and you never get the product. You know what I mean? Exactly. Oh, again, there are a few things to look out for. Like um, online, if you're not going online, your business will die. It's pretty much as simple as that. That's why like, online is the way things are going. Everything eventually is going to be online because it's convenient, it's easy, accessible, and you can do it anywhere. And a lot of people take basically like, just take the, the piss out of online coaching. I've seen it loads of times on Facebook posts and forums and I post something about online courses and they just rip it apart. Saying, how can you do this online? If you can't learn something online, that's your problem, not the course. That's about you. You can learn anything from a book, online, from a person. Yeah, obviously being in front of a person, having that um, support is always good because you can ask questions. But most online courses come with a support network that allow you to ask questions and speak to someone. So they've got that ability there. And obviously, you can look at testimonials and stuff as well to see like the credibility of the program, which is good. Obviously, like, you have people do video testimonials or kind of just written testimonials. And yeah, like you said, they could be faked. It's not hard to fake a testimonial and just shove it up on your website. But the thing is, is one thing you'll notice is amongst credible educators, and when I mean credible, I don't mean they're recognized by an accrediting body. I mean credible as in they will give so much free value information. It's ridiculous, right? If you've got someone who's basically trying to sell you everything down to the last word, that credibility has gone out the window. They should be providing basically value-free content, right? Obviously not of their courses, but everything around it. It's just, that content allows you to try stuff and to see if it works and to see if you gel with that brand, with that company. So well, that could be podcasts, it could be eBooks, it could be videos, it could be short courses they could give out and send out to you, which is something that we're working on as well with our new brands is we're working on so much free content to give out that people can actually go away and use, whether they've got an injury or they've got like a mindset issue where they're trying to kind of deal with their internal conflict that's going on with eBooks and videos and all stuff like that. So we want people to try what we do. It's like, again, it's back to that concept, try before you buy. Yeah, is yeah. This is what we offer. This is what we do. Here's a little taster of it. Give it a go. Try it. See if it works. And then they start getting results from the free content you give. And guess what they do? They buy more. Yeah, they want to give you money. Yeah, they want to give you money at that point. Yeah, yeah. they want to give you money. That's the same as currently in the market. If you're doing a face-to-face personal training, it's the same thing. Is trainers trying to sell everything? No, I'm not doing anything unless I get paid for it. I said, okay, that's why your business sucks. I said, give free value information. When people start to see benefit and start to see results from that information, they're going to keep coming back to you and they're going to buy from you. And that's because money is a byproduct of what you do, what you offer. 
Like if you deliver quality service and you're serving people and you're giving valuable information, they're going to come in, they're going to be giving you money. If all you care about is making money, that's a very short-term approach and your business will not last very long. And this is what I'm saying. Nothing you do for free is for free. If that makes sense. Yeah, so even 100%. though what we're doing now, we're creating eBooks, we're creating videos, and it's all stuff we're going to give out for free. But it's not for free because it's going to have an effect where it draws people into us. It builds that loyalty and that following where people, okay, have tried our stuff and they believe it. So they're going to basically they're going to buy from us. Yeah, and that's where it comes down to what people need to realize is if you're going to do online based courses. Yeah, some people are like, I might do one. Someone might sign up and they go, actually, I don't really connect with this person on the screen, so they might not enjoy it. And that's the thing. You can't really control that side of it. So some people connect better with others. Like I um, try continuously learning different things when it comes to rehab or nutrition. And I've learned certain things while I've watched videos and I go, oh my God, this guy is boring as hell. And then I've watched other videos where I go, oh my God, like this guy is so engaging. Like Everything he says makes sense. Like It connects with me. It sticks with me. I remember it. And that's the thing. Like You're not going to really know until... And this is why providing this free content is also valuable because people get to know you. People get to kind of like, connect with you. So they know when they're going to buy a course from you that it's going to be quality. It's going to be you teaching it. It's going to be good information and they're going to be able to use it and they're going to get good results with it. So any online educator, if they're not providing you with like value-free content, then move on. That makes total sense, man. I mean, and I think like now these days, I see so many people trying to sell shit on Instagram and it's like in your face, it's in your face, buy this program, buy this program. And you get these online coaches that are just popping up and they're like, oh, buy this, buy this. All right. But then when you go on their page, they're not offering anything for free. When in reality, a lot of the best coaches that I've seen so far online or some of the best salesmen I've seen online are the ones who are just like, here you go, take this. It's free, free, free. Here's a two-week program. Try it out. Let me know. And then you're like, all right, that worked. Let me just go to the next thing and try this out. And it's really turning into more of an exchange of ideas with the customer, so to speak, versus versus just the sales pitch. I mean, my background is marketing, which was... That was old school marketing, where it was place, price, product, promotion. Whereas now you're looking at things where places turn into you got to be everywhere. These are the four E's of marketing. I did my thesis on it. And it was experience instead of the product. It was evangelism. You want your people to be evangelistic about you and about what your brand is all about. You want to be every place. And you really want that exchange. And I think I love seeing you talk about this because I know you're going in that direction. And even when I was a student of yours, when I took that course, it was great because I did email you a couple of times and you got back to me right away. I followed you on Instagram. You had a lot going on. And you're right. I mean, it's just, it's sad though, because there are some really good online coaches out there, but it's being spoiled by the junk that's coming out right now. I mean, I don't know if you're aware of the Kuwait scene, so to speak, but now it's like everyone's turning into an online coach. Everyone's developing online programs. And it's like, dude, seriously, like we're giving out online programs. We're giving out an eight week online program and it's a starter pack. It's for the guy that sits behind the desk all day. That's what it's meant for. And I don't want any money for it. Shit, the information's out there already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's just a different way of exactly. doing something. Exactly. And that's what I said earlier. It's about like everyone's putting out all these generic programs and courses about gaining muscle, losing fat, or oh, whatever they're <laughs> advertising these days. But the problem is, is for anyone, if you use a bit of common sense, go to Google, guess what you can find? Hundreds and hundreds of those exact programs for free. And that's the thing is like, well, if you're going to go into online coaching or online education, you've got to think past providing information to people because now with the internet 
as big as it is, we can get all the information for free. You can get all the information that is taught on university degrees on the internet for free. You just got to know where to look and where to pull it together. Hundred uh, yeah. percent. So you can. It's, and so it's not about the information that you give. It's about the experience your customers get. It's about that community. And that's the thing. Is like we try to do that at the moment with um, like Rehab Revolution. Is like you said, if people ask questions, we try to get back to them as quick as possible. Because again, we don't want them waiting. I know, like firsthand of when you're waiting for like days or weeks for a response from an email it's like oh it's just frustrating and you just want to like strangle someone so it's just it's having that experience where yeah you've given the information but you can get the information anywhere it's what do they do with that information it's true is what is their support system and that's where obviously what we try to do is provide that support system so they go through our education and if they go through it and find out okay they're still a bit stuck somewhere yeah, contact us. We'll then take you through it. We've got obviously different options for that. So whether they want more of a personalized support or just a general support, but a lot of the education we're creating is basic and it works. And that's the whole point. We want to educate the general population to a point where they do decide they need professional help, whether they need to go to a coach or trainer or whatever. At that point, they know more than what most trainers know now. And that will force trainers to upskill themselves and, re- and educate themselves to a higher standard. And if we get more general population doing this, it's going to basically weed out the average trainers, uh, the ones who don't really care about serving people and really care more about making money. And it's going to push the rest of them to become obviously much better trainers, much higher quality of coaches, because they're going to have to educate themselves because they can't go into a client with a, uh, a session with a client and go, okay, we're going to do this, you're going to do this. And the client goes, yeah, but I already know that. That's why I've been doing that. Like I come to you for something better, like something that I can't do myself. And that's what we want to do is so instead of concentrating on fitness professionals, we just want to, we want to educate everyone because, you know, like penetration rates in personal training is very low, like single digits. So there's a huge population out there they know or what like friends have told them or what they've read from Men's Health magazine or what they've read from some online sites, like all these generic-based exercises that may or may not be right for them, may or may not cause them harm. So education doesn't need to be complicated. And so, I mean, like the stuff that works is simple. But like you said, like social media, Instagram, these influencers, and they're all making things more complicated than they need to be. So if we can just cut all the bullshit and get down to basics again, that's what works. <laughs> and once people start seeing that, it's like, hallelujah. Like it's like a light switch has gone on. So people start thinking differently. And yeah, so just that's the goal is educate as many people as we can and offer as much value as we can. And that's why we offer like one of the reasons we started up or start up Rehab Revolution and we have these courses at the moment, like the live courses, is we offer everyone free refreshers. So once they've gone on a course, they can come back on the same course as many times as they like free of charge because we know that it's impossible to learn 100% of everything that you've learned in those one, two or three days. And because of the feedback we get, we keep changing, we keep improving the courses. So if they come back on in six months' time, they might have a completely new structure. There might be new content that they didn't learn the first time around. And this is the thing about giving back is I, I've never agreed with charging someone for the same course they've already done. Maybe like an admin fee if you need to rent like a venue or something fair enough to cover the cost. But in most cases, we don't need to worry about that. So allowing people to come back on for free allows them to carry on embedding that information and learning anything new that we added to the course. 
And that's what we want. We want people to keep coming back. Well, yeah, man. It looks like you guys are going to put the dudes that invented the shaker weight and the BOSU ball out of business soon. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's right now, it's like, how complicated could you make the exercise when in reality, split squats still work perfectly and the bare basics, you know, the big five are still the king of exercise. It's not friggin' jumping on a BOSU ball with a shaker weight and a friggin' band in the other hand. (laughs) So... So you guys look like you're going to put all these phonies out of business, which is pretty cool because I'd love to see that. One more question before we we head out here. What would be the ideal amount of time a trainer should put in before becoming an online coach? I mean, you can't necessarily, in my opinion, go and say, all right, you know what? I'm going to do my training. I'm going to take a training course, get my certifications, do all this stuff. And then I'm just going to jump on online coaching before actually coaching people in person. Because being a baseball coach, there's more that I've learned from being on the field with kids and with teenagers and just coaching them through movements and throwing and hitting and everything that I wouldn't know if I didn't do that in real life versus trying to just do it right away online. So what sort of the time frame or like young aspiring online coaches should do or a way they could look forward to it? Again, the answer I always love to give is it depends. <laughs> we say that, we say that all the time on our answer. show. We say that all the time on our show, dude. We always yeah. say it depends. <laughs> There's no right or wrong. Like I said, you're going to get people who probably naturally, just naturally gifted at in like uh, engaging with people and being able to kind of get their point across in an easy manner for anyone to understand. So they might be able to go into online coaching and kind of smash it straight away. But I still, I believe exactly what you said. Like for me, I would never be doing what I'm, what we're about to do now if I didn't have all those previous years of literally live face-to-face experience with a client, because by doing that, it helped me to understand a lot about that people, about their mindset, about their bodies, about how they move, what works, what doesn't work. And it's hard to get that on an online coaching session if you're brand new and you've never dealt with a live client before, like if I hear person to person. But again, it, like I say, it depends. I would say it would give you a good edge by getting that experience working in a gym or working freelance or working for a boutique gym, whatever you prefer, but literally training clients face-to-face to help understand them a bit better. To Because again, there's one thing that you can't do online that you can do face-to-face. It's that experience, that atmosphere, that energy client feels. And that's one thing if once you can learn about and you, get, and you can understand, it's easier to understand what goes on then, like when you see them online. Because by their, through their body language, through the way they talk, their tone of voice, you get to understand the kind of state they're in, the headspace they're in. If you've never had that experience before live with someone, it's very hard to know what's going on and you might just miss it and go, okay, let's crack on, let's go on with it. When instead of an actual hard training session, they might need more of like a friendly chat. They might need more of a, I'm not going to say that psychology session because obviously you need to get yourself qualified for that, but they might just need someone to speak to, to vent to. Like They might need something different than a, like a physical training session. And that's the thing is, personal training is not about physical training. It's not about training the body. It's about understanding the person, understanding their mindset, their state, their body, like their stress levels, how they're thinking, how they're acting, because all that is going to affect their performance and their results. And the best way to learn that is by live face-to-face, get on the floor, speak to people, train them. And that's the quickest way to learn that, in my opinion. Obviously, some people might have a different opinion. But for me, it's really helped me understand that side of it massively. I would not definitely not be going into what I'm going to be doing now with my wife if I didn't have that previous experience in the past. There's no way I would even be attempting that. 
like I say, everyone's different. So they're just going to base it on themselves. If they feel confident in being able to do that, I would still say try and get some face-to-face clients as well as online if you're starting out just to give you that kind of that experience in both fields. But I'd say it can't harm you. Basically, it can only help. 100%, man. I love it. Love that answer, dude. Now, so how can people get in touch with you or how can they find Rehab Revolution? Is your site up and running? Is it just on Instagram right now? So I'm sure when we drop this episode, hopefully people can reach out to you somehow. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, at the moment, they can reach us through, basically for the fitness education side, our business Rehab Revolution. We're on Instagram at rehab.revolution or our website is rehabrevolutiononline.com. If they kind of like the more kind of mindset side of it, the mindset psychology coaching, which is my wife's side of the business at the moment, which is Kaizen Lightspark. So on Instagram, that's at Kaizen Lightspark. So I'm just going to pick this up to end the show. Awesome, Jonathan. Thanks for all the information. Really appreciate it, buddy. I hope to bring you back on the show, hopefully with your wife next time. Maybe next, next time when I'm out in Dubai, dude. Let's hook up and have a real live interview. I think that would be even better. So thank thank you very much for the information. I mean, dude, you are on fire in this episode. I think a lot of young trainers really need to listen to this to sort of gauge where they're at and where they're going to take their careers later on. Thank you very much, sir. No problem. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on. And like I say, when you're in Dubai, let's get together. Live one. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at The Project Kuwait. Thank you and join us next time.